like comedy. Uh, do you like comedy? <laughs> no. No, me neither. End of podcast. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so a perfect example of British comedy right there. Actually, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm going to tell you a joke that I learned in Korea. And it was illustrative. Illustrative? Illustrative. Illustrative. <laughs> it illustrates. It's... I don't know how to say the word that is in my head. It's a real word. It illustrates. It's illustrative. No. It, no, it illustrates, yeah. What are you talking about? No, there's another way. Oh, fuck. There's like a, you... a, a fancier way to say it. <laughs> This is this is a high class podcast, man. All right, we got to use the big gotta, word. We got to use the, the yeah, got to use the three dollar words, man. <laughs> um, so Ill- illustrative, illustrative, illustrative. No, Ill- illustrative makes it sounds like it's shiny. It is shiny. <laughs> this joke is shiny. Um, so I was I lived in Korea and they told me a joke and the joke made no sense to me until a year after I left I talked to a Korean friend and I asked them about this joke and they're like oh that's a really famous joke and it's really funny. So the joke is there's a father and a son walking on a mountainside and the father's walking ahead and the son's about, you know, 10 feet behind and they're going to take their wares to the town to sell them. And up on a cliff there's a giant boulder the giant boulder gets shaken loose and rolls down the side of the mountain and crushes the old man flat he's dead guts everywhere it's just it's just horrendous and then the boulder oh continues God. on and rolls all the way down the hill yeah, the rest looks hilarious nice well done no the punchline uh, oh sorry is <laughs> the son says dad look out Oh, that's it. And then, it, like, and then Korean people thought that was really funny. Now, I learned like a year later. So I heard that joke. I was like, I don't get it. There's something missing. These people came from this town where they are famous for speaking slowly. Uh... So it was like the massive pause was part of the joke. But that to me was very clear. It illustrates that culture and context make humor. So the instant yes. you're outside of that, things that other people are just losing their minds on, you're like, I don't to get it. No, yeah, shared experience, cultural norms. So have you ever had a similar experience? or like, Because we talked before about, not on the podcast, we've talked before about when you meet someone who just doesn't get jokes. Like they don't <laughs> seem to have a sense of humor. Yeah. Like there's lots of stuff that maybe I don't find funny, but I get it's a joke and I get their... It, maybe there's stuff that's technically funny, but I don't laugh because I don't find it funny. But I wouldn't be like, that's not funny. I'd be like, that's not funny to me. Not funny to me. But yeah. I've met a few people who just don't seem to get any jokes. Like you make a joke and they just look at you. And then some people will analyze it or they'll go like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, it's not meant to. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird to me because I'm always looking to laugh. It's, it's weird like, to me that that's someone's life. Yeah. Wow, how depressing. It is to us, but to them it's fine. Like, they just, they don't, that's it. They just they just live without humor, and that's how they live. 
Yeah, I know. I can't. I can't actually can't think of anyone really that I've met that didn't have at least a sense of humor, even if it's one that I didn't understand. Yeah, one that I didn't get. That's fine. No, I understand that. There yeah. was a uh, one time someone came at me because I post a lot of stuff on the internet, so sooner or later people try to like take shots at you, and it was. Uh, I made a joke, and it was sort of on the border of being dirty and gross. Um, And they came at me, and they were like... So the story was like, uh, it's the in Japanese high schools, part of the dress code is you have to wear white underwear. But that Mm. ignores the fact that that means sooner or later someone has to check the color of the underwear. Yeah. And so the joke is that, you know, gross pervy men, they want to get into this job so they can check underwear. So essentially it was a story... And then exaggerated premise as the joke. So what is the the worst extreme you could take the situation to and that that exaggeration is supposed to be the humor? And I get that that's not for everyone. Hmm. And I think this person came at me like, is that your solution? I was like, no, that's a joke. And then they kind of like repeated, they, they came at it again. I was like, do you understand the joke? He's like, I understand the joke. It was very simple, but that's not a good solution. I was like, well, actually, your statements right now just contradicted each other because it's not a solution. The solution was about two minutes prior to this. Yeah, This was a joke. And then they kept saying, like, they get it's a joke, but then they would talk about it. And I, I was really tempted to keep this going and go, like, can you explain the joke to me so that I actually believe you? But then I just gave up. Yeah. Because they weren't. It's clear that they do not get it. They were not going to get it at any time soon. <laughs> yeah. that's interesting again because that is a type of humor that i find fascinating and like very funny Mm. where you insert absurdity into a a situation to laugh about it yeah to me it's it's the more serious the thing you extrapolate the more egregious example is funny yeah it's funny because it's absurd but it's also funny because you can imagine that maybe somebody out there is thinking that, and that is also funny. Well, Ninja News Japan, a lot of it is based on creepy dudes. <laughs> like, there's a lot of creepy dude stories, and that's the stuff I, it's fun to talk about, but it's fun to talk about because it's like, how do these guys, like, navigate society? Yeah. <laughs> how do they get to this world where... <laughs> but then they do. They end up in these jobs. Like, they're like, oh, you have to check girls' underwear. I want, to, I want that job. Yeah, like even if it's like a, a fringe thing that they do every now and then, that's the, like the whole purpose, the whole reason that they got there. Yeah. And it's like, what? how does that drive you, you madman? And that's funny because it's, it's not normal. Yeah, and the thing, I think it's funny because they're dead serious and everyone else would be like, that is a ridiculous idea. Yeah. But anyway, that's not really comedy. <laughs> no. That's just an example kind of, of humor. Kind of is, though. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, talking of like stuff that I never really got, like when I moved, lived around the world a lot, uh, mm. moved, I was too young and I didn't really uh, experience like jokes in those cultures because I was living with like other forces kids. So it was mostly English. Mm. But since living in Japan, I've definitely bumped up against not getting humor. So to describe Japanese humor. Uh... Yeah. I say, like, they still do the duo 
team. Like they have the straight guy and the guy who makes the jokes and then they slap his head, which I've always yes. hated. I don't understand that. Um, and then <clears throat> that to me has an old, almost 1950s feeling to it. These duo groups. Mm. And the other, to me, primary form of humor in Japan is repetition. So they'll say one thing funny, it becomes a catchphrase, and that's all they do for an entire year to the point where everyone hates it. There is a lot of like catchphrasing in Japanese humor. I cannot stand it. Yeah. There's a lot of, and it, they, again, and it's also very child, they do a lot of like childish humor. Like, it, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, like um, very physical humor, mm. um, kind of gross. Like people call it toilet humor. Yep. Um, the stuff that's on TV, uh, like comedians and stuff, I just don't find funny at all. So like, my... I find it a bit like because I have no problem with like toilet humor, but I just don't find their brand of it interesting or engaging. Yeah. So uh... it's just very crude. It's stuff about weight. There are lots of like. Uh, physical lots, appearance stuff lots of body shaming stuff the most yeah. so so we both teach classes we both teach english classes and then i have found that if i want to make my japanese students laugh i make a joke about my receding hairline yeah anything body shaming oriented is really funny so overweight is funny too skinny is funny uh losing your hair is funny kind of being ugly is funny funny yeah and so they, they, that again, it all feels very old to me. Like it hasn't developed, which is in line with my thinking about like Japanese music is still stuck in the 60s or 70s. <laughs> Their pop music is just not progressed beyond. I would actually, I guess the 80s is where they were stuck. If you have a song from 1980 and a song that was on the radio yesterday is brand new, it would sound exactly the same to me. Mm. But, um, but when it comes to uh, like person to person and like general life hmm. there's actually a lot of funny stuff in japan like i love the oyaji gyagu hmm. but they're just puns hmm. and they're dad jokes yep like what we call and they are pretty funny like wordplay wordplay um, is good in japanese it's really good and they can do a lot of it yeah and then there's um there's a thing i don't know if you know it uh rakugo no, I have to explain it for the audience anyways, even if I did. I actually don't. I probably okay. have heard of it, but I don't realize it. But we have to explain everything just to be safe. So, It's just a tradition in Japan of telling long comical stories that um, have like foolish characters and like, 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 uh, like they, they make uh, like social faux pas and they're actually kind of funny. Mm. Uh, but that kind of stuff isn't like the, the, the modern media it's not there like they're just more like traditional like you go and see someone in a a small town hall like they don't pull in yeah they do crap. them in like hotels and stuff yeah <clears throat> my my wife watches or she used to I actually hasn't watched it recently but it's just they used to do this like essentially comedy competition they get like two or three comedians on and they have categories they have like mime so do it with without saying any words they have um like uh, improv skits and stuff and you had to make X amount of audience members laugh to succeed. Uh, and they would yeah. focus the camera on one person. If you make that one person laugh, you, you get like a point or you win. Yeah. They I, failed so part. often. Yeah. And my wife, I don't think I, she watched it every week for a couple months at least or maybe a couple of years. 
I don't think I ever saw her laugh once. And I was like, is this funny? Like, I don't get it, so I don't want to judge, but you're not laughing. And she goes, yeah, most of this is not very funny. Mm. And it's because they're asking people to do it on the fly. And then... Yeah, but hmm? if you're a funny person, you should be able to do it. Should be. Because I agree with you. When they want, when they do stories, when they talk about just daily life stories it's sometimes really, really funny because they're so concerned in Japan about etiquette and social faux pas and stuff and they get into situations usually trying to do something so they don't get in trouble, they get in more trouble. <laughs> it's a pretty common story. Doing something trying to not embarrass yourself and therefore embarrassing yourself more happens a yeah. lot. Those storytellers are good. Yeah. But, funny. Yeah, and really, the, really the funny. Puns, the puns are great. I, uh, I find those really, really fun. Hmm. but just the stuff on tv and like the stuff that people see like in the world from japanese humor i'm like oh it's so poor so low some of it is because when they do weird stuff and people find it really funny that usually gets like viral on the internet um people will talk to me about this oh japan's so weird and funny and i'm like well actually it's weird and funny in japan too like it is. Yeah. It, it comes from here, but it is weird. And Japanese people, it's not like they think this is normal humor. They think it's weird <laughs> too. That's why it's funny. Yeah. All right. So the UK. So, but overall, Western humor. Again, I kind of had this conversation with my wife, so it was interesting because she was like, "Well, what what do you like?" Because I watch a lot of comedy on the internet, mm-hmm. and I'm like, to me, peak comedy is now storytelling. That's funny. And so it loops back and it has callbacks and it has things, but it's like a five, ten minute story that takes you on this little journey. It's not jokes anymore. I actually think modern comedy actually isn't jokes as much as it used to be. Uh, see, I, for me, that's an American, like a North American comedy style. Because Jimmy like Carr. I, yeah, he's not. He's like spitballing. Yeah, I don't well, find him funny unless he's talking to people. Yeah. So I like he when he does a, a comedy special, I'll watch it and be like, oh, it's just one-liners, and it, it doesn't do it for me. But that's why I can watch it once and laugh my ass off, and then never watch it again. Well, and then like like the second, third time, so I see it coming. So it's like, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. as funny. Because to me, Eddie Izzard put on some of the best comedy shows. He tells uh, full stories and then comes back and drops things back in. And oh, now I can't remember his name. There's this one comedian in, from England, and he just, he will literally tell like a 20 minute long story, and then it just all it's ties not, up. It's not Ross Noble, is it? No. He does that shit. He'll tell a story, and it like basically starts at the beginning, and he finishes the show with the end of it. And everything in between is just him like getting sidetracked. Seems and, like tangents, yeah, even though it's probably yeah. all planned out. No, he's, I, I watched a couple, he. <clears throat> He, he talks about the craft of comedy a lot and he uh, there was one and he was going he was he was talking about someone eating and going and he did it for like way too long and it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's funny it's not funny but it's going to be funny again but then he stopped and goes he looks at someone in the audience he goes every time you look at your watch I start again and then he kept going <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like literally at that point making fun of one guy in the audience and that's i was like oh, that's actually next level stuff yeah but yeah i guess i don't know like so what do you so what do you think about british comedy like what do you think if you're going to kind of define it i don't know like it's i think there's a lot of like self-degradation yes 
um the the but like but the joke is usually the person telling the joke mm. um but there's also a lot of like there's like i don't know a, we all like to pull each other down but in a in a friendly fun way which is why like uh heckling is such a big thing in the uk <laughs> like people want comedians to rip them yeah because they think it's funny they think it's funny they think it's funny and make take the piss out of me man yeah oh, it's so funny because jimmy Carr's essentially that's part of his show yeah he just opens like the floor He's like, everyone everyone try to like shout something and i'll, I'll you know i'll rip it rip on you now yeah so there's a lot of that there's a lot of like like uh, like denigrating each other i oh, know denigrating is the wrong word <laughs> well uh putting but, yourself uh, down self-denigration yeah and then uh i find a lot of uh, satire irony and sarcasm mm. those are very british traits i think like satire for me has always been in the uk but i i feel like it's the last decade or so in america that's started to take off more mm. but i don't personally know because i never really watched american tv like comedy uh. and stuff like <clears throat> the daily show and like this week tonight or whatever mm. last week this yeah <laughs> the day last week tonight yeah there then i was like most of them are hosted by brits or brit like adjacent people yeah yeah trevor noah is not british but he was clearly spent so much time in england he had basically a british accent at times yeah the guy i was thinking about i just looked it up it's Stuart lee for example and that's how you know we're heading into a fairly tightly written bit, isn't it? <laughs> the use of the phrase, for example, that's the giveaway there. Anyway, for example, what? Something you've written? Yes. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, for example, uh, I know, it seems contrived now, doesn't it? <laughs> for example, what? You've always, you know, anyway. For, uh, so, for example, <laughs> yeah, who says that? It's like your dad, isn't it? For example, put put that over there. Anyway. Uh Stuart Lee is yeah, he's really dark. I love him. Yeah, he but he does he does like full on ten, fifteen minute stories with jokes in them. And I really enjoy that. It's funny because his start was just a, a sketch show on TV. Mm. Like uh the uh the who is his partner? But I remember them. They had some real, like, when I was, like, a kid, they had this really weird TV show, and there was a lot of, like, catchphrases and stuff in there. Mm. I guess it only ran for a couple of seasons. But... So who who is your favourite British comedian, then? Bill Bailey's up there. The, the minor key scales, the, 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 the building blocks of music. The minor scales, much more evocative. The beautiful melodic minor. The hopeful ascent, the depressing descent. Things are looking happy and joyful. No, they're not. They're depressing and bleak. <laughs> the harmonic minor with that little Indian ragger at the end. <laughs> it's impossible to play that without playing this. is good sean Locke, yeah sean Locke. i, I see yeah. i don't really like his stand-up <laughs> yeah but i like him on tv him talking was way funnier than any stand-up he ever did 
Do you in skiing gear? So I've got um, a beard and a Viking horns. <laughs> and um, this is kind of my look. So much more comfortable <laughs> and it's warm. And um, you just don't have to have that awkward social, like, is that you, is it not, how's, how's Jimmy, that kind of thing. That's a challenging wank. <laughs> I think so too. And so he was clearly like just always funny. And then, but then it's almost like when he organized it, it was less. Yeah. <laughs> His stand up was planned out. And so I was like, no, knowing that he's saying stuff on the fly in the moment and it's so funny mm. to me was impressive. It was so much better. Yeah, no, I love him. Um... My greatest achievement must be rectum of the year. <laughs> Not rear of the year, no. No, it's different, yeah. This is rear of the year with the gloves off. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd won when I, uh, I heard three of the judges throwing up behind me. <laughs> I thought, I've got, I've got this in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I beat, sure. beat Fern Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hers. Let me tell you, hers is pretty messed up. And then, uh, of course, <laughs> that got me through to the world. So I got to the, went to the world finals in Cancun. Cancun. I, I thought I was going to win. I thought I'm going to win this. Stop it. And then Diego Maradona beat me. <laughs> and he bent over, set the sprinklers off. There's a, oh, there's a lot though. I like for different reasons. I'll give us I a guess, couple. Uh, I like Simon Anstel. Hmm. He used to host uh, Never Mind the Buzzcocks, and he was, like, bitingly sarcastic. Like, hammer-to-the-face sarcastic. Mm. Like, he had people walk off the show. I think I've seen clips on the internet. I think he, he, he had a guy on his show, and then the, his, that guy's ex-girlfriend wrote a book, and he started reading, like, bits of the book to him. But in, like, so sarcastic a way. Well, because, of course, she was, like, a... Fucking a idiot. model, so she's basically yeah, she's, like it, it must. Even the book, as bad as it was, was probably ghostwritten, and it was still bad. The Paris Hilton work was a low point for me. It wasn't what I wanted to be doing, and on top of that, it caused me some real problems with my hair. <laughs> what? It's a good. Haven't you read it? I don't want to spoil the ending for you. <laughs> The photo shoot was for the Daily Mail, which made me feel really posh and upmarket. Are you Oh, no, Preston, no, come no, on. No, no, seriously, guy, no. Preston, we're having fun. All right. Come on, Preston. Oh, no, we can't lose Preston. Yeah. I know, and he, the, the dude who walked off wasn't particularly smart, I don't think. No, it was clear that he almost wanted him to leave the show. Uh, and I like the absurdist stuff. Like I, I really enjoy like the Mighty Boosh and um, uh, like Vic and Bob. But as the older they got, um, like Reeves and Mortimer, they they got less funny. I think they just had to force it more. That's another thing with humor, right? You mm. can't force it. Yeah, and you also have to want to do it. I bet comedians at times it's like this is a job now. Mm. And then there's also the uh, the problem with getting rich is you kind of get weirdly out of touch. 
Yeah, same with actually. That's really similar with music. I find mm. when they start and they're young and passionate and they got a fire, and then they start making money. And well, that's a that's essentially what happened to George Lucas because he made Star Wars and he got super famous and everyone thinks he's a genius. And then he made the prequels and they was like, "What is this?" And I, I thought it was interesting because they I saw a documentary and it was showing them making the original Star Wars and they got models and they're running cameras and they're in the desert and stuff like. It's, it was hard, and then they showed him making the prequel, the first one, and he's sitting in a chair in front of a giant green screen drinking. He's fat, and he's drinking Starbucks. Yeah, being fanned by naked Swedish models. Yeah, but probably. it's just like yeah. at this point, like he's not. It, there's the passion that was in that first project is not in this project, mm. which is interesting. But who's your favorite British comedian? Oh, Sean Locke. Sean I Locke I could watch Sean. him talk to anyone about anything for hours mm-hmm. and when he died and the the compilation videos came out i watched all of them mm. and the, like the comedians would talk about their favorite moment he was clearly a comedian's comedian comedian yeah. which is weird because i've heard that a couple of times there's like musicians like it's a musician who musicians like but normal people don't as much and then yeah. there's comedians that comedians love but everyone else is like oh yeah he's funny but it's like we as just normal people civilians are missing something that comedians who do this for a living get. And uh, it, yeah. it was, it was, uh, on eight out of 10 cats when Sean would go and everyone was just crying on the panel. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, just doesn't like... stop. Jimmy Carr was talking about him after he died and he was talking about like how it was just constant and it was relentless. And he was like, if he had an idea, he would go. And then one of the ones that revealed to me is, it was one of these panel shows and he's got a partner and then his partner starts laughing really hard. And then, uh, Jimmy Carr goes like, what, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I can't sit next to Sean. I can't. And he goes, and he goes, why? What did he say? And he, he leaned over and he goes, you know, Hitler wasn't all bad. <laughs> <laughs> and he like, just, just, just to make this guy not be able to concentrate on what he's supposed to be doing. On to our first numbers round, okay? John and Sarah, your turn to pick the numbers. Sean, Miles. Sean and Miles, I won't say it again. Fingers on lips. Hands on heads. Pay attention, it's the numbers round. Yeah, ready. I'm ready. Were you ready? No. Uh, he'd brought up Hitler. He was whispering to me about Hitler. Why was he whispering to you about Hitler? He said, I don't know about you, Miles, I'm on the fence. <laughs> I was saying, Sean? No, no. I'm a bit like the Swiss during the Second World War, going, I can see the good side and the bad side. I'm going to stay neutral. <laughs> yeah? OK, on to our first <laughs> Oh, no. On to... <laughs> it's so good. There's another dude who I could just sit and listen to. It's Richard Iowadi. Yeah, he's amazing. It's funny, because in, in the, the IT crowd, He's fine. It's it's just like a, a comedy show. It's you know, yeah. me, it's not even mediocre. Yeah. But then when he talks about anything, is amazing. Oh, and then he like, it's just sand pouring from his mouth. Yeah. It's oh, it's so dry. And he he did an interview on the BBC about I think it was he had a book come out and the guy started asking him these questions and he goes this isn't real this doesn't matter and he just like started like deconstructing. <laughs> The, the, the interview he said this is an advertisement so you know these heavy questions are irrelevant like he just started like destroying what the guy was putting out there in a way the the book's a comic book about film really it's not a 
a deconstruction of the idea of interviews, particularly. Hopefully, it's a, a container for jokes that is themed around film. So it's not, it's not about Rich Diawadi at all? No, any more than the moose story by Woody Allen is about his um, grappling with wildlife. And he's, like, making it almost impossible to interview him, which was, like, awesome. I think I've seen that. It was, uh, yeah, that was that was good. No, he's a fascinating man because he just, he holds it together so well. Uh, yeah, he never breaks. He never seems to, yeah, it's, it's, I bet making him laugh is really satisfying. Because <laughs> just people who don't laugh, like people who don't laugh, if you can make them laugh, it's just better. Because I was, I was watching some, interview show probably like Conan or something and it was a comedian who worked with Ice Cube and he's like Ice Cube never breaks he's always just like got that dead scowly face on and he goes <laughs> if the day you make him and he would come in every day he's like I just want to make him laugh once just once and that was like his goal and he's like if you can make him smile it's like your whole day is set uh, which is awesome <laughs> alright well then let's move across the pond yes uh, North America it's harder. It's so much harder. I actually, I, I have more favorite British comedians than American ones. There's always American stuff. I like something they've done, but I don't like everything. Yeah. So probably the most famous comedian right now is Dave Chappelle. He has bits, jokes, and stories I like, but actually often his whole thing. Now, I actually like him less than I used to. I think he's kind of lost touch in a weird way. Okay. He used to be funnier to me. I don't know if I've changed or he's changed, but he has gotten like wicked rich. So yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I find him interesting, mm. and I like the way he does tell stories as well. But uh, Bill Burr is probably the most legendary American comedian at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think even if I disagree with what he says, I, I still, it's still funny. He just has this angry yep. man delivery that is captivating at times but can be a bit too much as well at times yes like, you're like oh stop shouting but what he does though is he, he tries to push everything to this edge where the, the audience is uncomfortable and then he somehow still brings it back like he yeah. dave Chappelle has people who hate him bill burr actually doesn't seem to have that no i think you're right like yeah like people he, hate Chappelle, but people yeah. go no bill burr is he just says things, and then I don't, I don't know how he does it. Dude, there is an epidemic of gold-digging whores in this country. <laughs> and every night I put on the news, and I'm waiting for someone to address it. Every night, never see it, you know? And every night I bring up gold-digging whores, and the whole crowd pulls back like I'm up here talking about Bigfoot, right? <laughs> like I'm saying the moon's made out of cheese or something. Talking about whores, people. They're everywhere. How many? How many more great men are going to get chopped in half before we do something? Why is it so quiet in here? Well, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, and then he'll either turn around and come back or he'll come at it from a different angle and show you the exact same story or something. And he's like, there's always like two, three ways to say, see it. Um... I watched an interview with him and he said like one of the most concerning things is when he comes out of a club or something and some guy goes, you know, you think it, uh, I think it, but you say it out loud. And he's like, oh, that guy doesn't get it. 
he, he thinks he thinks like all this like I hate women stuff is serious, and he thinks yeah, that's not a guy I want to be. Uh, okay, because so he he knows it's a show, whereas some of his audience maybe doesn't. Is the problem? Uh, it's hard, isn't it? But, Comedy. Well, it's hard. It's hard because you you're supposed to be pushing boundaries, but modern society is in a place where pushing boundaries is wrong. So, like, you can't make fun of pronouns. You can't make fun of stuff because it's really important social issues. It's like, but that's the stuff you should be making fun of. And then, like, that's on the liberal side. And then on the conservative side, you should be making fun of them. And, like, it just should be both sides. Yeah, because comedy is a great way to process stuff, feelings, and come to terms with things. Yeah, J- Tim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. There you go. Jim oh, Jeffries okay. is correct. Yeah, Jim Jeffries. I uh, saw him in Tokyo. Oh, did you? Yeah, I paid like five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars. I got a ticket and I had to buy the Shinkansen and stuff. And I went and did a, a day trip out there. It was awesome. He was awesome. It was the audience was all disgusting people. I hated everyone in the audience. Oh. It was all these foreign people. And they were all doing their best to drink as much as possible in public right before the show and then sneak alcohol in. And it was just, it was just disgusting. It was the worst of Western behavior. Maybe I've been in Japan too long. I was just looking at them going, you shouldn't be doing that. You should should pick up your bottle. If you're going to drink, you should at least, you know, carry your cans up. But they were all putting them on the floor and just walking out. And there was a lady two rows in front of me who would not shut up. I almost threw something at her. But his show was good. His show was good. Yeah. And he's he's one of those guys. He just pushes boundaries as much as possible. So maybe that's what I like. Yeah. I like people Boundary who like... pushing. Yeah. It's interesting to see how far people will go. Because I wouldn't like be that. that brave yet. I don't have enough money. No. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be financially secure to really push boundaries. To really push boundaries. Yeah. I remember with Jimmy Kerr's new show came out and he went, this is the one that's going to get me cancelled. And it's like, but why do you care? You're rolling him. Yeah, that dude is never yeah. how much money. Because he had, there was, if you looked at British, he was had like five, six shows he was hosting. Yeah. So he was getting a ton of money for that. He wasn't paying any taxes on it. <laughs> I've never been to a live comedy show. I've only been to a few. Um because there's no, again, being in Japan for so long, there's no comedy clubs. I did uh, five minutes of stand-up at an open mic night once. Did you? Yeah, it was funny. Not good funny. It was, it so, was funny for you, not for everyone watching. Well, actually, no, I got a fairly positive response. I'm not going to say like it was like uproarious, but uh, I have a friend who his whole deal is like, let's find what you're uncomfortable with and make you do it. And I went back to visit Canada and we were in Vancouver and he's like, there's you, you do this stupid podcast. So why don't you go up and do five minutes of just your podcast material and see if anyone laughs. And I was like, oh, okay. So I took the, the Hulk stuff and I tried to make a five minute set out of it. Uh-huh. And then I was sitting at the bar to- so nervous. Like this was terrifying. I'd never yeah. done anything like this before. And there's a guy who... Uh, is talking to me. He's being really friendly and polite. So I'm talking to him. He's like, he's going up after me. Um, and he, I realized about halfway through, he's trying to undermine my confidence. He started like, oh yeah, man, everyone bombs the first time and you'll get past it. And like, I was like, I haven't bombed yet. So maybe that's not right. Um, so then I did, 
I don't know. I my friend said that it was a very Peter thing to do. I just threw out all the material I prepared, walked up, and started making fun of that guy. <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, I was just sitting down there, and that guy just said this and this and this, and he basically just said like he's an asshole and stuff." And uh, everyone actually found that really funny. No, um, I didn't get massive uh, applause or anything, but there was only like twenty people in the club. So I do my five minutes. Come down. He comes up after me. He goes. That guy is a bit of an asshole. And then this dude in the audience goes, nah, he seems all right. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, I kind of won that one. I mean, I didn't, again, my comedy career didn't take off, but at least I beat one guy. Yeah. Got yeah. But that was, yeah, that was the, I was so angry when I realized what he was doing to me. Because it was just such a shit thing to do. Like he wanted me to. People think that like, oh, don't worry. Everyone fucks up the first time. It's like reassuring. And it's like, no, you're saying, yeah, you're like saying, um, yeah, if you maybe, fucked up, yeah, yeah. if you actually afterwards. went up and you bombed, which honestly with the Hulk material was very likely because <laughs> these weren't, these were like bits that I thought were funny that I tried to craft into jokes and I've never written a joke before. So yeah. probably if I'd gone with my original thing, I would have bombed. But because this guy set me off, I just shit on that guy, which I was pretty good at. And since yeah. that felt more natural and in the moment, everyone else was laughing along with me. And I think that's real key to humor as well, right? Yeah. Is, uh, again, it just coming naturally. Because I do... Like, you would have forced that Hulk stuff and everyone would have gone... Oh, well, maybe they probably would have gone, oh, I get it. They wouldn't have laughed. Yeah. Like, I get where the joke is. He just hasn't done it yet. He hasn't made enough jokes in his life to make that a joke, but I get that the premise is solid. Like, I think everyone would have been like, that's a good idea. I don't think anyone would have laughed. But yeah, like we do at our company, we do the the annual meeting. It's like 100 people and I got to go up and say stuff in front of them. And and a couple of times people have heckled me, like said stuff, and I just tear them apart. And it's just because like, I'm not going to look bad here. I got my bosses, I got my coworkers, I got all the other people who work with us. I, I can't let you look make me look bad right now. And then I and, and I'm like the problem is not going too far so that I become the bad guy. Yeah. Do you think humor is appropriate in almost any situation? Well, it's depends on the type all of right, humor. Well, let's let's separate that personally. Yeah, it well, again, it can be. I think you yeah. can make a joke anytime, anywhere, but it has to be appropriate to this. Like, you have to know the other people. You have to know what they find funny. So, like, if I'm making a joke at work in, like, in front of 100 people, it's got to be pretty innocent, to be honest. Yeah. It can't, because there's 99 people could be offended. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, like a, like an innocent joke in, yeah. like, a work situation. Yeah. It's, but, like, would you laugh? Like, I don't know. Like, if someone in my family died... Hmm. And then we're at the funeral. hundred percent. I would make a joke because I knew that that would be the right thing to do. Yes. Like yes. Because I, I will. Might... I would absolutely hope that at my funeral, people are making jokes. Yeah. And I, I think everyone who would maybe attend would know that that I, I would feel that that was appropriate and the best thing to do. Uh, <laughs> one of my podcasts was about eulogizing everyone I know. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, the, the, the closer you are, the more you like someone, the easier it is to write their eulogy. Because you, you have things instantly that you would love to say to share with everyone else. And then some were not, again, com- comedy, but it was borderline amusing or it was good stories or stuff. And it, 
the goal would be like, here are all the positive, funny memories we had. We can laugh at them together. Yeah. And then like Look. other people, it was really, really hard because I, all I had was like, they were a kind person. And like even saying it, like <laughs> you just like, I clearly don't even believe that. Yeah. So I think, right. I think, yeah, if you, you, it, it's, it's, it's rapid water, but you can navigate it for sure mm. and come through unscathed. I would much rather be surrounded by people who would prefer to be like commemorated in comedy rather than tears. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. I don't want people sad at my thing. It's, I just want them to sit down and, and, and have to watch every podcast I've ever made. Like, oh, God, thinking about it, the stuff I would do, well, this is turned weird. Uh, like, if I, if I was like, oh, I'm going to die soon, I would start taking really weird portraits to have, <laughs> like, like, on, like, around, like, with me, like, doing stupid shit or, like, like I don't know, like, pencils up my nose or whatever. Oh, they have, they have a, a couple of websites where you send a picture of your dog and they put your dog in, like, a, a Renaissance picture. I've like, seen those. Yeah, things. I actually wanted to get one of those of Dave, but I was like, actually, me in a military uniform would be really funny. They have that as because you know in Japan they have the the big shrine like thing, and they yeah. put a picture up there, and I don't have yeah. it's a really dead serious picture. I'm like, where do they get those? Yeah, like how did they take that picture? So I was like, ah, oh, actually, I could if I made the picture in advance of I was me dressed in a lobster outfit. Oh, I was thinking general's <laughs> uniform, like look really like I had been in in like a napoleonic yeah, war and something like that and it, everyone would look at it and like what you know they could in the, in the, yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs> and realistically no one would really say anything but everyone would be like oh fuck he did that on purpose <laughs> yeah. like everyone would know he did that would i and i think i would think that was funny yeah, doing stuff on purpose uh, that other people can't laugh at in the moment is pretty funny to me. It's really funny. I and, and I make a lot of jokes that other people don't get because it's a ref, it's actually a reference for myself or something. Or like I'll make a joke in a group that only one person will get, and to me that's almost funnier because they laugh and that's it. Yeah, and everyone else is like, what? I'm like what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> so in, I guess inside jokes but that's the nature of inside jokes is just showing sort of your your together your relationship yeah, yeah. alright so mm. what what we talked about like Japan and like Asia and mm. UK and America and like the separation of comedy mm. but what do you think connects comedy what do you think the 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 things that connect all comedy are do you think there is anything yes because we're all humans yeah so the fundamental desire to do something right and failing is universal so i think every joke like universally if you're going to do universal jokes that everyone could get uh it'd be like i tried really hard and failed is universally pretty funny especially if you or like i did it wrong (laughs) Whatever I was supposed to do, I just did it wrong. And through my own ineptitude or I was an idiot, idiot jokes are pretty universal. Yeah. And then, yeah, because every culture has you make fun of your friends, but you're making fun of your friends' quirks or foibles and stuff. So that kind of all works out. So the other one for me is uh, is language. Whilst we we might not understand jokes from other languages mm. the fact that language is something that people find humor in yes like like subverting it and 
switching like meanings and so I know like, one Japanese jokes that translates to English perfectly. So it makes the same amount of sense in English and Japanese. It's kind of a kid's joke. So okay. it's a, a mother and a child are on the train and uh, the doors close and the child looks at the mom and says, mom, I have to pee. And she goes, oh, why didn't you tell me faster? And he looks at her and goes, mom, I have to pee. Um, I have to pee. <laughs> and that, you can do that in Japanese and it's the exact yeah, same so joke and it makes the exact, yeah. So, so uh, was it, it's like, Haiku yute. So it's like you should have said it faster, yeah. and then the kid. And then you just say the last line faster, and it's. Yeah. The, oh, like. Yep, <laughs> the exact same joke, and it's just as funny. Like it's not an awesome joke, but the fact that it one hundred percent translates. I was like, ah, I bet you could do that joke in a lot of languages. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, like that. Like, uh, I think that's another thing with humor, right? Is uh, subverting expectations because mm. everyone's like, "Oh, you should have told me faster." Yeah. And then the kid just says it faster. faster. Yeah. And but that that's not what people were expecting, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's pretty universal in all humor too. Is that you have to subvert an expectation somehow, like the Korean joke you told earlier? Yeah. Everyone's whole, expecting you to care about your father being crushed by a rock. Dead. Yeah, he just says, watch out. Dad, watch out. You have to say that part really slowly as well. Dad, watch out. Watch out. I guess uh, just dunking on other people is kind of universal too. Then. Yeah, but it's, it's a like Korean, Korean joke. And I know like uh, uh, people do that in Japan. They dunk on people from other parts of the, the, the country, yeah, right? But it's also yeah. punching up and down is also universal that I've seen. So like you can make fun of people who are on higher positions and stuff and it's okay. If you are bullying or punching down on people, most cultures that I've, like, I've how many have I experienced? Actually not that many, uh, but it's frowned upon. Like it's not, only bullies find bully jokes funny, but everyone finds making fun of people stronger than you funny. Mm. And self, I think self-deprecation is pretty universal. You can make fun of yourself and everyone will be like, ha ha ha. Because that's safer. I don't, I don't think that is universal. I disagree there. Well, where I like, I mean, I, I don't know enough. Like, I, I know the places I've been, and basically everywhere I've been, if I make fun of myself, people think it's funny. Do you have a favorite joke? A favorite? Oh man, come on. No. I mean, I don't know. Some of my favorite jokes are just like the really shitty ones. Yeah, give me one. Uh, Even if it's one you would tell your kids. Since I was a kid, I've really liked this one. What's brown and sticky? Oh, no. What? A, a stick. Oh, yes. I actually have heard that. Of course I've heard that one. Yeah. I don't know. I've always liked that one. My... I remember my mum's reaction. She's like, oh! And I was like, what? It's a stick. And she was like, oh. oh. <laughs> so uh, you can have a joke about having sex with sheep or a joke about having sex with camels. <laughs> no, just do, do both. No, nah, they're okay. So th I'll do them fast, which probably isn't as good. Um, there's uh, a, a sheep researcher and going around from country to country and uh, doing research on sheep and health and stuff. And then they have this sort of subsection of research they want to do about do shepherds actually have sex with sheep? So they kind of pull the shepherd aside. So he's in England, and he goes, he, he goes to the shepherd. And he's like, uh, so just you know, on the down low. Do you uh, 
you have sex with sheep? And he goes, yeah, yeah, this kind of happens. And he goes, well, how do you do it? And he goes, what you do is you take their hind legs and you stick them in your boots and then you can have sex with them so they can't run away. And they're like, oh, okay. And they wrote that down. Went to Australia or New Zealand. New Zealand has more sheep. Went to New Zealand and has uh, does all the research and then says to them, you know, on the down low, do you guys uh, sort of have sex with sheep a little bit? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens. You're out here on the, on the, on the paddock. It's very lonely. So uh, you... you grab the sheep by the back legs and you put it in your boots and you can have sex with the sheep that way. He goes, oh, okay, so that's maybe that's universal. And he goes to Wales and he talks to his shepherd and he goes, so do you, goes through all his research. He goes, so on the down low, uh, do you take the sheep's back legs and put them in your boots and have sex with them? He goes, well, how do you kiss them? <laughs> I, I really enjoy the idea of people kissing sheep. Yeah. Um, and the other one's, uh, it's the, French Foreign Legion and they're in the desert and uh, there's a new recruit and they've been out there and, and they're in the fort they've been there for a while and he goes so when you guys get your manly urges what do you do and they go oh we, we got the camel he goes oh it's disgusting and he like ignores he walks away and he's offended by this and then a couple days later they're sitting around the fire and he goes no no seriously guys like you gotta take care of yourselves what, what do you do he goes, well, we, dude, we got the camel. Just take the camel. And he's like, oh, it's a terrible, horrendous idea. He's just offended. But now we're like, then it's like a month in. And he's like, no, I really got to take care of some stuff. Uh, what do you guys do? Goes, well, just the camel is there. You know, just use the camel. And so the guy's like, okay. So he goes and he gets like a stepladder and he gets out behind and he comes back the next day and he's like really relaxed. He's like, you know what, that, that having sex with a camel was a really good idea and they all they're all like spit their coffee out they're like what because you guys been telling me to have sex with a camel for like a month he goes no no we ride the camel into town the minute you start telling that one i, I was like i've heard that one yeah i think everyone <laughs> that's a pretty old like those are two very old jokes i've never heard the kissing the sheep one oh no like that i just like i just like the idea of someone thinking like well you gotta kiss the sheep well, you, you can't, kiss you can't it, just yeah. have sex with someone. you have to kiss them. i like that it's almost like a little romantic which i quite enjoy i like absurd ones as well actually i just think of some more like uh there's two frying egg uh, two eggs in a frying pan hmm. and one looks at the other and says it's hot in here hmm. and the other one goes ah talking egg <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> 